warm welcome to you all. Hope you'll thoroughly enjoy our program. Britannia podcast, a very British podcast about very British movies with just a hint of professionalism with Scott and Tony. Good morning. Good morning. Balaban Sound Studio is sweltering today. Yes, we're in the lounge again. And you can hear cars going past because we've got windows open, which is a first, which... Otherwise oh, we would die. Yeah, I, re- <laughs> I really don't care compared to that bloody freezing winter we had. Um, I was much rather it's like this than that snow and the ice that we had recently. Just put up with the cars. There they go. Keep going. Adds to the Atmos. Yes. <laughs> how the devil are you? I'm grand. How are you? All, yes, all fine. As I say, loving the weather, loving the weekend off, and looking forward to actually chatting with you for the first time. It seems like forever. Yeah. Been a yeah. while. I've neglected you for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had a new job and new many other things, many challenges I've faced the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I? If if I was to include the conversation that we just had over the last fifteen minutes, I think listeners would have switched off halfway through because it's so depressing all the bad luck you've had <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's been a bad couple of weeks <laughs> yeah yeah but that, but things are looking up you're back here today yes, yes. movie today um was specially selected by there we say friend of the show gavin um hello we, gavin hello gavin we gave him the opportunity to actually choose a movie to review and he came up with this one and it's sleuth from 1972 Let's play the trailer, and we'll get straight into it. Think of the perfect crime. The house is empty. Have you ever actually committed a crime before? Then, go one step further. This, as they say, is where the plot thickens. It's a real game, and a real murder. There's absolutely no point in playing another pretend game. Isn't that right? Palomar Pictures International presents. I understand you want to marry my wife. With your permission, of course. Lawrence Olivier. You may not agree with this, Inspector, but you take it from me. The shortest way to a man's heart is through humiliation. You soon find out what he's made of. Michael Caine. Why don't I just keep tapping you lightly on the head with a poker until the lump comes up? Can't make a game out of real murder. We'll see. In Joseph L. Mankiewicz's film... You're mad! You're a bloody mad You are a young man, dressed as a clown, about to be murdered. Of Anthony Schaffer's Tony Award-winning play, Sleuth. You actually put a gun to his head and pulled the trigger. As a game? You know the answer to that just as well as I do. We have your note summoning Mr. Tyndall here. Shots were heard. 
bullet holes made. Blood is on the banisters and the carpet. His clothes were hidden in your wardrobe and he has disappeared. Who needs a body? <laughs> I'm sorry you appeared to find this all quite so funny. I did not murder him! It's the truth. Liar. <laughs> okay, that's the trailer for the movie, Sleuth. Before we begin, there's a massive twist in this movie that we are going to spoil. Yeah, there's a few, isn't there? Yeah, so as it happens, just sort of halfway over the, you know, through the film, we'll probably spoil the arse off the whole of this movie. Yeah. Um, because if we didn't, we'd have nothing to say about it. <laughs> There's lots of twists and turns. A lot. And the major one, apparently, you didn't get it until it happened. It's, the, the legend did the same thing for me here. Okay. Where Tom Hardy plays two characters. Okay. And this Don't is the say one any more than the... Yeah. That's tripped me up in this film. If you haven't seen it, please, please... Go and watch it now. We'll wait for you. Okay, off you go. Sleuth, released in the UK on the 12th of July, 1972. Directed by Joseph L. Mankiewicz, starring Laurence Olivier, Michael Caine, and also listed in the credits, Alec Cawthorn as Inspector Doppler, John Matthews as Detective Sergeant Tarrant, Eve Channing as Marguerite White, uh, sorry, Marguerite Wyke, Teddy Martin as Police Constable Higgs. It will become apparent as the review goes on as to why we're questioning those people being in the credits. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk through it at the beginning. This was a first-time watch for you. Mm. You watched it literally this morning, 6 o'clock this morning. 6 o'clock this morning, watched it for the first time. Um, loved it, hated it, couldn't care less. To start with, mm-hmm. and I do emphasise to start with, I didn't really get into it. Okay, because there wasn't a lot going on, two characters, nothing. Yeah, I, I didn't really get it at the start. Okay, and it's 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 obvious it's based on a play. Yeah, you can see that it's it's you know the the origins are there, so there's not many characters, and it's it's more of a two header between yeah. Michael Caine and Laurence Olivier. And then the plot sort of thickened a bit when they sat down and they started to plan. It accelerates, doesn't it, quite rapidly? Yeah, right. So. Just as a sort of a sort of a gist, it's Michael Caine is a wide boy hairdresser, got his own salon in Soho. Laurence Olivier is this famous eccentric writer. Novelist who writes detective novels. He's got this famous creation a bit like Lord Peter Whimsey that's Sinjin Meradu or something like that, isn't yes. it? And he's his his famous character, you know. And he's 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 sort of your Agatha Christie type Mystery writer. Lawrence Olivier invites Michael Caine over to his country house. Under the impression Michael Caine thinks that because he's just recently moved into the village, he's bought a cottage, he's been invited over for drinks and to get to know the locals and that sort of thing. But it soon turns out that there's a lot more in store for Michael Caine in this house. Yeah. Basically, Michael Caine has been sleeping with Lawrence Olivier's wife. And Laurence Olivier knows. And he's um, planning his um, revenge. Well, yeah, but it starts off with him saying, I understand you want to marry my wife. 
because you can imagine Michael Caine must know who this who this guy is. You know, yeah. he's the husband of the woman he's sleeping with, and it starts off as they're going to arrange that. Okay, you can have her. It's fine. She's my wife. I no longer love her. He's, Lawrence Olivier's got a mistress, yeah. Danish mistress called Tia. And poor Tia, poor Tia. Yeah, she <laughs> she becomes a major part of the plot as well. And Olivier's house is this magnificent, sprawling mansion. And it's not necessarily the house; it's the things that are in it. I mean, describe yeah. the house, Tony. What's what's there? Again, very eccentric. It's yeah. full of toys that come to life. Yeah, and the mannequins that dance and sing and move, and there's puzzles and games. Yeah, and obsessed with artwork games. and yeah. funny vase. That vase. Yeah, the, the something jug, it. isn't it, that spills out the wrong way? And like you say, it's all these sort of clockwork toys. But then you go upstairs into the bedrooms, and it's very posh, lardy da, well to yeah. do. The, in the ladies' bedroom, and yeah, everything's immaculate. The downstairs, it's it's not a sprawling mess, but there just seems to be things in every nook and cranny that it's like a, an open plan museum as such. And isn't those it? creepy dolls, yeah, lots of dolls and and monkeys and yeah. the dress up box down yeah. in the cellar, and, and and lots of sort of like lots of pictures on the walls of all his um, covers of his novels and, and things like that, which is great because. If you noticed all the pictures of him, like the back of the books that are on the wall, they're old photos, genuine photos of Laurence Olivier as an actor mm. going through the years and he's getting progressively older. There's even a photo of Agatha Christie on the wall if you look really closely oh, as well. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. But the whole thing about the set, set design was by Ken Adams, mm. who we've met as the set designer, the art director for all the Bond movies. Yeah. He's the guy that designed all the, you know, the underground layers and, and, you know, all those great sets that we've seen in Doctor Strangelove as well. So it needs to have some sort of interest in the set because for the majority of this film, there are two main characters. It's a head-to-head between two people. So as it progresses, we get to the point where Michael Caine is, you know, he says, yes, I love your wife. I want to marry her. I want to do, I want you to divorce her so we can run off and live together. Laurence Olivier's instant reaction to this is, well, how are you going to afford to keep her? Yes. So what do they do? <laughs> they plan to rob their own property. So Michael Caine's now going to rob Laurence Olivier's building yep. with his permission, and Jewelry. he plans it. Jewellery in particular yeah. because it's insured... So it's no great loss to Lawrence Olivier. One hundred and seventy thousand pounds. Yeah, which back then is a hell of a lot of money. Oh God, yeah, hell yeah. of a lot of money. Yeah. So, <laughs> just describe what, what the, the rigmarole they go through, mate, to to so, plan this robbery. Lawrence Olivier has already planned all this out in his head. Mm. That Michael Caine should go outside the property, dressed up, which he. I'm not going to say what he dressed up in, actually. We're not going to mention that. Well, we can do, because we're going to spoil everything else oh, from now on. We'll go through it now, because it's... Well, Lawrence Olivier takes Michael Caine down into the basement to the dress-up box I aforementioned earlier. Yeah. Dresses him up as a clown. <laughs> clown suit, clown mask, clown shoes. Huge shoes. Massive yeah. shoes. Size 28 shoes, That's I think it. he made yeah. a reference to yeah. that. <laughs> then tells him to go out to the opposite side of the garden, into the little shed where the ladder is. <laughs> yeah. Gives him a diamond glass cutter, a bit of putty, yep. and a stethoscope. Yeah. 
sends him across the garden to make footprints in the grass and in the flower beds, brings a ladder across, tells him to go to the upstairs window, mm-hmm. break in, make it look convincing, rough the place up a bit, yep. then go downstairs <laughs> to where the safe is hidden behind the dartboard, yes. which you can only open with a special dart if you hit the bullseye. This sounds really complicated, but it's not complicated it's, it's at not. all. <laughs> Watching it, though, it's a bit of a different story. So at this point in the story, your interest has peaked now. You're yes. starting to think, oh, this is actually yeah. turning into something that I wasn't... Because I, I specifically said to you, please don't watch a trailer, don't no, read about anything. it. So you went in absolutely cold. Yeah, yeah, nothing. Okay, so they're in the middle of this robbery. He's, he's buggering about in this clown suit. Yeah. I think he falls off the ladder. He falls off the ladder, he makes a load of cock-ups. But in the meantime, mm. Lawrence Olivier has now gone downstairs Yep, and has rigged up some explosives on a safe. Yeah. Blows his own safe up mm-hmm. while Michael Caine is still prattling around trying to get into the place and yep. make it look convincing. Yep. And purposely leaving fibres of clothing everywhere for the yep. police forensics. Yep. So they go downstairs, finally pick up the jewellery, puts it in his pocket... And then he has to plan, obviously, getting out of the building after they have a little tussle in the um, the living room. Yeah, they he sort of so says, make it look at convincing that yeah. he's woke up middle of the day, Disturbing. found someone in there. Yeah. So he pulls out a revolver. There's a bit of a taste of tape between them. There's stuff smashed on the floor. He actually shoots. He shoots something. He shoots an ornament, doesn't he? Lawrence Shoot. shoots an ornament. Then so. he shoots a photograph. Of his so ex-wife. Bullet goes into the wall. Yeah. And then he appears to um, blackmail Michael Caine. And yes. shoots him. Yeah, he actually says to him, you fell for my trick here. He said, why on earth would I let you run off with my wife and my jewellery? Yeah. He says, um, without you realising, you know, Mr Caine, or Milo Tyndall. Milo Tyndall, yeah. Uh Nice monogram on the side of his MG there. Yeah, yeah, I spotted that for the first time, actually, though I've seen this film a few times. Um, Without realising, he said, you've just laid yourself wide open here. Yeah. He said, there's no way I'm going to let you run off with my wife. Building up to this, the the name Milo Tindall, his father was Tindallini, we find out. He was an Italian immigrant. Who repairs watches. He repairs watches and struggled all his life. Yeah. And, and and Milo, Michael Caine. For a second-rate education. Yeah, jumped-up pantry boy, he calls yes. it, doesn't he? He never knew his place, which, which actually is from a Smith song. The Smiths lifted that for this charming man. Um, and he makes a big thing about he's never going to be like his father, you know, who struggled all his life. And, you know, he's, he's got a couple of salons, you know, and yeah. one in Brighton, I think it is, and... This is his way out. This is his way to, you know, have the woman of his dreams, a bit of money, and but Laurence Olivier is saying, but you'll never be able to afford her, you know, that she'll be drinking champagne and she'll want the fancy clothes and all of this lot. And even though you're doing quite well with a couple of hairdressing salons, you're still no better than your father. And he refers to him as a greasy wop and things like this. Yeah. He's really sort of derogatory towards him. So as you say, the, the robbery takes place and Lawrence Olivier holds a gun to Michael Caine's head who's still dressed as this clown on the staircase and he shoots him in the head yeah and he falls down the stairs and we think that's it Lawrence Olivier goes down checks his pulse walks away so this is the point where if you were watching this on the stage you can imagine this was the intermission yeah yeah 
Now, did you get a genuine feeling that there was a sense of a bit of a passage of time between the point where Michael Caine was shot and the next scene? It seemed to me, this time round... There'd been a bit of time, he's tied it up. Yeah. At the first, I thought, oh, this is only happening five minutes later, but it wasn't. Yeah, there's a there's good. a day, day and a half's gap between yeah. what now happens. Because we find out later in the story that he'd gone to Salisbury for the day, because it's all set in Wiltshire. It's all set in Wiltshire. So over the, this weekend, Lawrence Olivier's buggered off to Salisbury for, for a day, and he's come back home, and we see him... All his toys are playing, all his little clockwork, you know, animatronics and all this lot are all going. Spreading some caviar and some toast. In his in his proper old fashioned country house kitchen with all the bells on yeah. the on the ceiling and that. And he's cracked open a bottle of wine and Music's he's just... going and he misses the front door, doesn't he, originally? Yeah. So there's this extended sort of like sequence of him chasing doorbells, you know, he hears the door and he goes oh up he goes, goes to the front door, nobody there. We see footsteps, we see somebody's feet. Yeah. Out in the garden, walking up and down the path. And then he sits back down, gets his caviar, and then another bell goes, and it turns out it's the kitchen door. Up he gets, and there, standing in the doorway, is Inspector Doppler. Who has been brought in. Yeah, has been brought in specially because. Milo Tyndall has gone missing, obviously, because as far as we're aware, he's, he's. dead at the bottom of the staircase he's been shot mm. so inspector doppler comes in and he's this this old school proper old detective you know with a wheelchair accent oh yes yeah. sir he's all this you know of course i drink on duty sir i can't afford it otherwise exactly i thought that was a brilliant line exactly. brilliant line olivier takes the piss out of him all the time because he's like you know i suppose you can't drink on duty and he, you know, he comes up with that line and it's all like it because he's got this classic uh, mystery novel brain, you know, and he's, he's laughing at this copper because it is like a parody of like the, the policeman that he writes about. So he informs him that Milo Tyndall, Michael Caine, has gone missing. And all the evidence points to the fact that he had turned up at Laurence Olivier's house. Mm. Because there was a note saying, please come over for drinks. Michael Caine had told the landlord of the local pub that he was going over there. And there was reports of gunshots. Three. Three gunshots. And again, Lawrence Olivier says, oh, it's probably a car backfiring. And, and Inspector Doppler says, oh, no, so that only happens in detective novels, sir. These were gunshots, he says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he leads him outside, and there's a freshly dug mound of earth in the garden. Yeah, it looks like a grave. You briefly see a glimpse of Milo's car covered up. Behind a bush, which he's never bush. pursued, actually. No, he don't. He doesn't no. say anything about it. No. Then um, he sees the gunshots in the walls. There's lots of little evidence. Yeah. Then the clothes stuffed in the wardrobe and blood on the on the stairs under the carpet. Yeah. And this is all building up, and Laurence Olivier is getting more and more frustrated because it, he sort of says, "Well, look, he was here." He finally admits, "Yes, Michael Caine was here." But he what does tells he say? him the story, doesn't he? Yeah. He gives him the story, what was planned. Yeah. So what does he say? He says, we played a game Yeah. called burglary. Yeah. Inspector Doppler finds the dressing up box. No clown costume in there. No. No. And he says, well, look, he dressed up as a clown. That's what Laurence Olivier says. He dressed up as a clown. He pretended 
to rob my safe. And then, yeah, does he actually say, he said I held, it does, he said I held a gun to his head. But the first two shots were... Were live, yeah. And the third shot was a blank. Inspector Doppler says, you held a live gun to his head. Yeah. And you fired a blank. He says, like, the man must have been petrified. Yeah. He said, yeah, it was all a game, he said. And he, he fainted clean away, says Laurence Olivier. Fell to the bottom of the stairs. He fainted. He fainted, he said. And after a couple of stiff gins, we, we washed him up and got him on his way. And he, he went back home. So, in, in fact, Michael Caine was never killed. Michael Caine was bundled off into, a, into his car and, and, and went home. But at the moment, all the evidence is pointing to the fact that he killed him. Yeah. Because there's blood on the stairs. There's a mound of earth. Michael Caine is missing. And again, there seems to be another tussle between Laurence Olivier and the Inspector Doppler. Yes, because Doppler goes to make the arrest. He goes to arrest him and he resists, that's he right. Resists. He says, that's it. And as he's coming down the stairs, blows the whistle, to which point we all, well, I certainly thought, lots of police would have flooded. They're going to come in. So as Inspector Doppler is pinning Laurence Olivier to the sofa... Not in a sexual right. way. We might not in a sexual there. way. And he's saying, you know, how could you? You know, this this man was probably scared to death. He, who knows where he is now? At this point, have you got any any inkling of what's about to happen next? No. Right. No. What happens? Well, he removes <laughs> his glasses. Inspector Doppler. Doppler. Yeah. Then he removes his eyebrows. <laughs> then he removes his wig. Yep. Then he removes some more facial parts, and then he takes off all the um, latex. All the latex. And who's underneath? Michael Caine. And you really didn't suss that it was no. Michael Caine. No, I didn't notice it. So didn't this was the perfect it. film for you because you've hopefully gone through the same experience that people would have gone through at the who'd seen it on the stage. Yeah. Because you can imagine being a little bit further away, you couldn't tell that Inspector Doppler. Is Milo Tyndall. No. He's Michael Caine. So then he takes his jacket off and he's got all this padding on and he's, he's removing fat all suit, basically. That's it. He's <laughs> removing all that as he's walking upstairs. And no um Lawrence Olivier. I was about to say no coward. Yeah. He does remind me a few times when he's quoting lines and the way he's been quite camp. Of Noel Coward. He is. He's very camp in, in ways. He's very theatrical, isn't yeah. he? In this, and yeah. all I see that's no coward. Yeah. It's like no coward. <laughs> So, yeah, Michael Caine's now walking upstairs to go and use his toilet uh, to freshen up, clean up, get all the rest of the um, makeup off. Yeah. So, um, and then Laurence Olivier, he's sort of calming down and trying to say, oh, yeah, yeah, well, I, I understood. Saw I saw you. through all of this. <laughs> absolutely shitting his heart out yeah. at this point. But that's not the end of it because Laurence Olivier says, okay, you've got your revenge back on me. You know, it's 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 a draw. And yeah. Michael Caine says, I don't do draws, basically. It's a case of, I told you, I'm never going to be a loser like my old man. Yeah. This is one deep. game. This is one game you're going to lose, he says, and I'm going to win. And it turns really dark now. It does. It now um, transpires that Michael Caine has killed Tia. Tia. Who is Laurence Olivier's mistress. mistress. Yeah. Now, this sort of becomes revealed in the fact that what he says happened, he came back to the house the day before to start planning his revenge. Yeah. And Tia was there. And he says he slept with her. 
Yeah, she was after it. Yeah, and he told her the full story of what happened of him allegedly being shot on the staircase, and she was horrified. Yeah. So she... Ended up having a few drinks. He slept with her. She fell asleep. And he kills her. He strangles he tells her. That he, he tells her obviously that he's killed Tia. But he's left clues around the house. And the police are on their way at 10 o'clock. And it's now quarter to 10. Yeah. And he's got 15 minutes to solve the riddles and but, find the clues. Find three, or four, three or four clues, whatever it is. Yeah. And this is quite clever as well, the way he does this, isn't it? You know. Um, the first one, I think, is it a necklace or a, a bracelet or something? It's a bracelet, a shoe... The tights, and yeah. that's it, isn't it? I think. I think it might be that. Yeah. So he has to find the bracelet, but the, the clue is that it's it's hidden in plain sight, or something yeah. like that. So he's, he's looking for it, and it turns out it's in a chandelier. Uh, I think so. I can't yeah. remember that. I only watched it about two oh, hours no. ago. I, I can't remember. I've watched it twice in the last six weeks. But it's hidden in plain view. It's in a chandelier, I think. So he's, he's desperately running around because he's got like these 15 minutes to find these clues before he's going to get the the murder of Tia pinned on Laurence Olivier. The shoe was in a coal. Coal, shed. yeah, the coal hole in the coal, coal bunker. Hole. Yeah, yeah coal bunker. in the cellar. Uh, Which is also very clever because he makes him crawl through all the coal. Get covered in dust. He's covered in it. Yeah. But he throws the shoe into the furnace and destroys that part of the evidence. And then it's the tights that, that he strangled her with. Strangle with. And that one, they're hidden on the... On the grandfather clock. On the pendulum. On the pendulum of the, the clock. And he eventually finds that just as the police are pulling up to the house. You can hear... Do you hear a car? No, you hear a knock on. You hear a, a knock, knock on the door. So Lawrence Olivier is frantically washing himself down, trying to clean himself up. But Michael Caine opens the door. Opens the door and Lawrence says, "I'll try and stall them for you, but it's not what we tend to do in Britain." Or something. That's like that. it. And Olivier sits himself down and he's reading through one of his novels. Oh, do send them in, Milo. He says, "You know." Yeah. And it's Detective Inspector Tarrant, I think it is. You can hear the voices in the hallway. Yeah. And there's no one there. Then there's. A set of footsteps that walk away. Yeah, it's Michael Caine playing games still. Yeah. Nobody there. So he's made Laurence Olivier go through all of this rigmarole, thinking that he's going to get pinned for a murder. And at this at this point, we're still thinking that Tia's dead. We still think Michael Caine has killed Tia. Yeah. Um, but at this point, he then reveals that. Tia is alive and well. You can ring her up. Actually, he made Michael Michael Caine made Lawrence Olivier ring Tia's flatmate. That's it, and she was acting to say that she'd been strangled. Yeah, so it confirmed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Olivier's gone through hell now, thinking that he was going to get fingered for the murder of Tia. Michael Caine says to him, "Well, there you go. You know, I've got my revenge now. You've gone through exactly what I went through two nights ago, whenever it was." But Olivier's having none of it. No. Pulls out his revolver from the drawer. Yep. To this point, I thought, ah, Michael Caine must have planned ahead mm. and filled the drawer for the blanks. Yeah. Um, which isn't isn't true. Yeah. Michael Caine tries to walk away. A shot is fired. Michael Caine hits the floor. Starts bleeding from the mouth. Yep. At this point, they, um, and Lawrence Olivier looks at his window. Because there's a car coming up the drive. Yeah. 
and then a flashing blue light. And a police car is actually turning and up. The police is actually there. <laughs> Just as he turns around and Michael Caine's laughing his head off. And it is literally that's how the movie ends, isn't it? Michael yeah. Caine is dying on the carpet. With all the creepy dolls laughing and playing along with him because he's sitting there with a the controller in his hand. And all the clockwork toys are going off and stuff like that. He so. falls to the floor and then the curtains dropped. Very theatre-like. You know, yeah. you can imagine that's the end of the play and the curtains do draw, you know, and it's... What did you think of it? I quite enjoyed it, actually, towards the end. At the start, I didn't think I was going to like it. It's only that first sort of ten minutes before the plot yeah. starts. It's... Did you think it was just going to be this boring, stuffy, two-header type, just two characters just talking for an hour and a half, two yeah. hours? And it's so much more, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's energetic. There's a lot going on. Mm. Lots of twists and turns, as we say, that we've completely spoiled for anybody that hasn't seen the film, unfortunately. But we did give you plenty of warning. I love it. I love this film. Yeah. Um, it, it's great the way they they sort of put you off at the beginning because the credits do list these extra four characters. Yeah, and you don't see them. You only see... Lawrence Olivier. And Michael Caine. You don't see anybody else. No. Well... While you're watching the movie, you... You, you think there's yeah, Inspector Doppler. Yeah, you think there's a third person, which transpires is my Kane. Looking back now, if you were to watch it again, mm. later on today, tomorrow, whenever, and you see Inspector Doppler come through the front door, the, the kitchen door, could you tell that's Michael Kane? Do you know what? I don't know. You don't think you could? I don't think I could. I think it's the eyes that gave it away for me. I remember I saw it, I was about... 10, 11, very first time I saw it. It was late night on a Friday night. BBC One, it was their late night movie. Mm. And I'm watching it. I was gripped from the start, you know. And I can remember the bit where Inspector Doppler comes in. And for that sort of 20 minutes where they're going through, like, the investigation and all this, like, it was nagging me as a, t- as a child. It was like, that looks like Michael Caine, but it's not. <laughs> and then, then my brain's sort of thinking... Is it Michael Caine playing a real police inspector? Yeah. Or is it Michael Caine playing Milo Tyndall playing a police inspector? And it really bugged me. The thing is, when you watch it a second time, even though you know the twist and the outcome, it's great because you can then watch it knowing that Michael Caine is playing this game yeah. all along. I loved it. I, I, I did enjoy it. I must yeah. Admit, in the end. It's, it's a good choice from Gavin. It's, it's one that... We may have got to eventually, but it would have been a lot further down the line, I think. I've never even heard of it. Did you not? Never it was remade it. 2007. Didn't it have Judy... Jude Law. Jude Law. Played Michael it. Caine. And Michael Caine played Laurence Olivier. Yeah. And it was shit. I've... A really bad version of it. They've updated it so it's more like brought into the computer generation. There's more sort of like computery type games and things like that. And and they don't use any of the dialogue from the original Anthony Chaffer play. It's 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 awful. It's very stark. I think Kenneth Branagh might have directed it, which is a shame because he's normally a good director, you know. Mm. Um, and Michael Caine, who, who we both love, it's a very bad movie on Michael Caine's part, you know. But thanks again to Gavin for that. That's yes, really really good choice, um, and we're sort of open to sort of suggestions for. You know, stuff that we may not pick. Yeah. Good stuff. Let's let's take a little break, mate, and we'll come back with what we're watching next time.
it's, it's wonderful, actually, sitting here and, and listening to you talk, because, it, I mean, yours is, is the most impersonated voice in, in the business, isn't it? Oh, yeah, everyone Everybody does. Does. I, I can do it. Can you do it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello, my name is Michael Caird. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm finished yet. I'm finished yet. Not many people know that. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like this bloody moron. <laughs> I mean, you know, my name's Michael Cohen. So he can't really, you know. You know where they've got me now? On, on a, on a. <laughs> they have me on the c birthday cards, you know. Yes, when you're the job. It's your birthday today. Not very people know that. <laughs> They've got me, uh, you know, on the uh, satellite navigation. Yeah. You know, where you're in the car, where yeah. it's, a, it's, a, and it, it's, it's me going, now nah, take the secretary <laughs> and you'll wind up right in the shit. If anybody's got a sat nav with my, my, me giving instructions on it, I said, watch out where you go. That's all I. Uh, I we, we looked at it, I said, I, everyone said, have you been doing sat navs? I said, no, I don't do sat navs. <laughs> You know, I don't, oh, do, yeah. I don't do birthday cards, either. <laughs> <laughs> but they, all I have to print is that this is an impersonation by Joe's That's right. And, and you can't do that's anything. That's right, exactly. So, yeah. what about you, you impersonating other people? Because Ken Brown has said last week on this show, he said that you were... I saw that. He said, I, I can't impersonate Sean. That's what he said? Yeah, no, what he said to me, he said, he said to me, he said, can you impersonate Sean? So I said, yeah, he said, go on, do it. I mean, <laughs> and he, he thought that was funny. <laughs> I didn't think it was funny. No, but it, it is funny, but it's not like Sean. It's not, like, it's, no. not like, it's not a bit like Sean. No, it? it's not, not at all, no. no. But who can you impersonate? Uh, Dudley Moore. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hello, Pete, how are you going? <laughs> <laughs> you know what happened, Pete? That bloody Bridget Bardo came in the other day. Right through the window, she was in the bath. I said, get out, you dirty cow. <laughs> <laughs>watching next time it's no big secret i think we sort of announced it on the last episode didn't we what we're doing for our next show we possibly have but for those who um either haven't listened or for their arseholes or they've forgotten <laughs> it's the 1958 comedy slash war comedy yeah. slash war is that comedy it? slash war film <laughs> it's not a war film no at it's all. not at all <laughs> um it's carry on sergeant which sparks our first carry on Yes. First of many that we will cover oh. over many years. I'm looking forward to the carry-on series uh, uh, t until we get to the later stuff, obviously. There, there's a couple I can't do. It's going to be bad by the time we get to... Well, you don't like Behind. Is it Behind you don't yeah, like? Emmanuel. Columbus. And Columbus. I've never watched them and I don't intend to. We might have to <laughs> just for the sake of completion, I think. <laughs> All we may do is rattle Martin through those Martin in a carry-on. It's, no. it's going to be awful, isn't it? It's the mm. 60th anniversary, which is a very good reason to to start. It's also 30 years ago this year that we lost Kenneth, Kenneth Williams, Williams, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, so. Kenneth Williams in Sergeant? He is, isn't he? He is. There's no Sid James in this. I think William Hartnell, the first Doctor Who's in it. There's a couple of fame. Bob Monkhouse, I think, Bob is in Monkhouse, this one. Isn't it? yeah. It's, it, it's going to be interesting because same as the... Norman Wisdom series, we're going to start at the beginning and then that way we can sort of track the progression of how they evolve yeah, and how the carry-ons get that sort of semi-regular cast and, you know, the same directors and writers and they develop into a completely different set of movies from Carry-On Sergeant. They do. 
But it's great because I love these early ones. I haven't seen Sergeant over 20 years. Really? I probably haven't seen Sergeant for a good 25 years. I'm really looking forward to it. There's no reason why I haven't watched it. It's just one of those ones that I've never gone back to. I'm, yeah, I'm really looking forward to doing the whole of the Carry On series. Well, we all knew it was going to happen eventually, so now's yeah. a good time to kick off. Yeah, I think so. Um, and just as a heads up for the following episode, if anybody wants to watch it in sort of preparation, it's also another listener's selection, which is from a work colleague and friend of mine, Sue Chiney, who loves the show and has given us a marvellous review and rating on iTunes. Thank you, Sue. Hello, Sue. Hello. She has decided that we need to review one of her favourite sort of old British movies. Yeah. And I think she's going to be watching it again in sort of preparation because we were just chatting at work the other day. Um, and funny enough, it's we, we reviewed Brief Encounter recently, didn't we? We did. Well, this is another Noel Coward-directed um, in conjunction with David Lean, funny enough, um, in which we serve with John Mills from 1942. We're going to do after Carry On Sergeant. Yes. Tone, it's been an absolute bloody pleasure once again. Yes, yes. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for everyone's recommendations. Yeah. All the lovely feedback. Make sure you send us emails and Facebook messages and hate mail in the post. Yeah, we've got the... um... Facebook page, haven't we, that people can Facebook jump along and have a little look at. So We're on the Twitter sphere, I do believe. And all our episodes available, realbritannia.libsyn.com. Tone, see you very soon, mate. See you soon. Bon voyage. Good luck. Thank you. British end up, sir.